You no longer have to judge books by their cover. Judge them by the hundreds of customer reviews on Amazon.com. Get the best deals on everything you need and help support Rob as a podcast when you start your shopping with our link, robiswebsite.com slash Amazon, or for our friends in Canada, it's robiswebsite.com slash Amazon CA. Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Cisneo back here with exit interview number three from Survivor Korong. And today we're going to be speaking with the latest player voted out of the game. And that is Liz Markham, first player voted out of the Brains Tribe. And so we are going to talk to her. Very much looking forward to getting her take on what ultimately did go wrong for her in her game here on the exit interview podcast of course we're coming on the heels of the survivor know-it-alls from last night got to talk with steven about how his good friend liz ultimately went out of the game of course you could see that on rob has a website.com or listen to the podcast version here in the podcast feed at robswebsitecom slash itunes also last night i spoke with johnny fairplay on our episode recap caught up with him for the first time in a very long time in the regular episode recap spot we're gonna have that up later on in the day today on thursday and then we'll get to the voicemails coming up with our buddy Amy H. from the reality TV wrap-ups of The Bachelor. We'll talk to her on the voicemail, so get your voicemails in. I see that we have on the line Liz. Let's go ahead and patch her in. Liz, good morning. How are you? I'm good, Rob. How are you? Very happy to be talking to you again. Not this soon, but very happy to finally uh, get a chance to speak with you and talk about everything from last night. It's crazy how much I've listened to your podcast, uh, especially when I was preparing to play. I feel like I've sort of spoken to you so many times before, but of course we haven't. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's talk about this and let's find out how much you were paying attention to what I was talking about. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. Start with Neil, because the thing that I was sort of confused about was for the first couple episodes, it looked like, okay, it's the four younger people versus Joe and Debbie. But last night it seemed like the priority all of a sudden was to get Neil out. Did something change in what he did or did something change in your thinking? changed in attitudes. I think that over the ensuing days between the, I don't know, day one or day two formation of the foursome and day eight when we had tribal, we really just kind of fell apart gradually. There was no like big thing that happened. I think just over time, you find just more differences and you don't get closer. And with other people, you find similarities, you get closer. And we, we just kind of fell apart. I don't even know whether... Neil and Aubrey decided not to work with us before we decided not to work with them. But I I feel like it was pretty mutual. Was there something that happened, though? Was there a moment because in the tribal council, it seemed as though Peter and Neil had a lot of friction coming into that tribal council. And, you know, they were talking about a certain plan. And Peter was very quick to jump out and say, not your plan is going to happen. And so it seemed as though that there had been some sort of an altercation between those guys. Was there or was that all from tribal council? I think they never actually had an altercation, but things were tense. I don't think either of them particularly liked or trusted the other one. But then there was no like specific thing to cause a conflict, I guess, until tribal happens. Now, did you have any reason in particular to believe that either Neil or Aubrey had the idol to do this 2-2-2 vote split? Not a super strong reason. Um, Neil didn't spend as much time out on walks in the last couple of days as he did at the beginning. So we thought he 
had it and wasn't needing excuses to go away anymore. So talk to me about at that tribal council, you know, it seemed like Peter was kind of forthcoming about that he was targeting Neil. He called him, maybe he's the snake in the ice cream pants. And it seemed like he was really sort of telegraphing that Neil was his target at the tribal council. Why was he so forthcoming? I was pretty confused when Peter was so vocal with the plans in tribal council. Everybody else is doing this little two-phase dance where everything you say can be interpreted in one of many possible ways, depending on what you think is happening. Um, except Peter, who just opens his mouth and spews all this. I don't even know where it came from or what was going on. It, it just didn't seem very intelligent to me at the time. Not that I think it changed anything. And at that vote, were you fully expecting that Neil was going to be the person to go home? You said that the person going home, it won't be that big of a surprise to them. <laughs> I think um, maybe about half an hour before we left for tribal, Peter and I started to pick up on the fact that something was wrong. And we had a conversation about it. Like, why are Joe and Neil not making eye contact with us? Like, what can we do? How are we going to, like, shift things around? And sort of ended the conversation with, well, there probably really isn't much we can do right now. So, so after that, to see him acting so confident in tribal was really, was really actually quite confusing to me because I didn't feel good about things at all at the time. Um, I mean, I, I definitely did not want it to be me. I didn't think I was the most likely to go home. But I mean, again, I didn't think anybody was going to be surprised to get voted out. Do you think that it should have been you or should it have been Peter? Because you guys both seemed overconfident on the show based on what we saw last night. But it did seem like Peter seemed especially even more overconfident, especially in those last 10 minutes or so of the episode. If I were in their shoes, I think it was probably the right strategic call to vote me out first. So I thought that they were going to pick Peter to vote out. Um, and I thought that because I was under the impression that they liked him less than they liked me and that they wouldn't care so much about one more challenge before presumably the swap after four votes. If, you know, they can lose and then they just vote out me if they lose and otherwise they don't go to tribal. You know, Liz, I'm interested to hear your reaction to Debbie and what she was saying about you and how she felt like that uh, you were becoming uh, very arrogant out there. Did you feel like that that's sort of par for the course for Survivor or did anything she said about you in the episode hurt you last night? It seemed a lot more personal than I'd expected. I actually thought that she liked me, maybe maybe not like crazy liking me, but <laughs> I didn't think it was personal coming from her. I thought maybe it was personal coming from Joe. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a little bit surprising. I think like the prima Donna thing was a little bit confusing for me. I can see, I can see arrogant as something that probably other people in my life might have something in common with thinking, with thinking that, or I mean, other people in my life might understand where arrogant would come from, but not so much prima Donna. Did you enjoy your time with Debbie on the island? I did. I think that she came across really, really strong at first. Um, so much talk about how amazing she was in the first couple of days. And that was something that was, I think, hard for a lot of people to move past immediately. I think Joe liked her right off the bat, but nobody else really did. Mm -hmm. um, but over time, when you get to know people better, you kind of see underneath that superficial layer. And... Debbie is really quite smart. She's, 
she's aware. Um, she knows what she's doing. I think that she's also incredibly optimistic. And like when we'd all be suffering, if it was raining at night or something like that, she'd be the one who was like the ray of sunshine who was keeping everybody happy. Okay, so Debbie's an acquired taste. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Uh, talk to me about Aubrey a little bit, because uh, Aubrey, it seemed like that there was a little bit of a disconnect between at least you and Peter and her. And we found out last night that she is somebody who does not seem to want to talk about the game, which seems to be your real strong suit uh, in the game of wanting to talk these things through. So what was your relationship like with Aubrey out there? I thought at first we were going to be really good friends out there. She is a big fan of Survivor and wanted to talk about like that. Um, when I tried to steer the conversation toward, well, okay, what's going to happen this season? What's going to happen at the swap? What's going to happen at the merge? She'd pretty much just like shut down that conversation. Like, I don't want to think about it. Um, and when, when she did that, I was like, okay, well then I really shouldn't talk about this stuff with her. And then when you feel like there's something you want to talk about that you can't talk about with somebody that is, isolating. When did her relationship with Neil seem to go to another level similar to the relationship that you had with Peter? There was one night when I guess it was a beautiful sunny or sorry, beautiful full moon night and uh, Neil and Aubrey went down to the raft that we came to the beach on on day one and slept there. I guess they probably spent a lot of time talking. I think that they they bonded almost as a reaction to the perceived closeness of the pairs of me and Peter and Debbie and Joe. Okay. And it's not a romantic relation. We're not shipping them, right? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, they, they just got along. Um, I think they felt that they needed to almost is so they wouldn't be like the odd ones out. You know, it's interesting in this tribe that these three pairs that are split that they're all one man and one woman. Would you say that basically we had like three sort of like work spouse relationships between (laughs) those three pairs? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think, um, I don't think there is anything romantic in any of these pairs, but it just kind of, kind of worked out that way. Uh, Can you talk about why you were so frustrated with Joe during the whole water situation last week? Yeah. He would just snap at me a lot for pretty much any time I tried to, say or do anything constructive, it would bother him a lot. And I don't really get why that was. Um, And most of the time, like whatever he wanted to do, I would let that slide. Um, But like when he refused to let me start a fire to boil water when I wanted to drink water, that was that was the worst moment. Um, Like he actually yelled at me for attempting to start the fire. Like I I sort of like got one match out. I struck it and he like came and yelled at me. What did he say? Hey, stop doing that. Yeah, pretty much like let the boys handle this. Don't do this. I've got it. But I mean, he previously told me he didn't think we should start the fire until that afternoon. And it was like, you know, probably seven in the morning or something. And I would have loved to have some water before the afternoon. And nobody else pushed back on that. Um, People were happy to let him steer things. He very much wanted things done his own way. Like during the shelter construction, you know, most of us tried to help, but he would just kind of say, no, I got this. I got this. And so we let him do his thing. Liz, I'm sure that you must have replayed uh, all of these events from this game over and over in your head. 
a lot of us, when we're talking about sort of like the tribe breakdown that we talked about, you know, we have you on the brains tribe and somebody like Anna, who's on the beauty tribe and felt like (laughs) that it was a disadvantage for you to be on the brains tribe when you easily could have been on another tribe like the beauty tribe. Have you sort of thought about things like that where it's like, was being on the brains tribe a disadvantage for somebody like you? I think that had I made it farther in the game, it probably would have ended up being a disadvantage. I think that um, I sort of was thinking about the game before I went out there from the position that like I would be like the token nerdy girl on a tribe of like professional bikini models or Mm -hmm. something like this. Like, um, but then being sort of like, on a tribe where I wasn't the nerdy one. I was supposed to be like, I don't know, the better looking one or something. That was, that was really kind of not the position I expected to play from at all. Um, which it's, I mean, I don't think that really like contributed to anything, but maybe I just did a poor job of adjusting. Okay. And last thing I want to know that Steven has talked about how you guys ended up meeting and, uh, you know, <laughs> your conversations, which ultimately led to, uh, you, uh, talking to people from survivor. Uh, what was the best uh, advice that you got from Steven? Um, or what hmm. was the worst advice? <laughs> <laughs> best and worst advice. I have to think about this. Well, we spent so much time talking about strategy for like the middle and end game, like voting blocks, how to make jury arguments. <laughs> we didn't talk about voting blocks. Um, <laughs> we talked about like possible ways of convincing people to flip and work with you. A lot of things would be useful. Like, yeah, mid and end game didn't actually talk so much about the early game. Mm-hmm. I think, I think when I, when I was conceiving of what would happen out there before I played, I sort of imagined that if I didn't make it to the end, like if I got voted out, it would either be because I just happened to be on the wrong side of the numbers and some sort of like swap type situation, or maybe because at some point people thought I was threatening and they would vote for me. I really didn't anticipate having people like wanting me out because they genuinely disliked me. So that was, that was, just not something that had even like crossed my mind as a possibility. Yeah. All right. Well, Liz, I know you got to run, but very nice to talk yeah. with you. Hope we have an opportunity to talk more about the game uh, sometime in the future. And all the best to you. Okay. Hey, you too. Thanks for talking. All right. Take care, Liz. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody, there you have it. Liz Markham here on the podcast. Fun to talk to her and uh, hear the kinds of things that her and Steven were working on uh, before this season ultimately started. It's so funny that the two of them, you know, sometime around a year ago talking about, you know, what's going to do, what are you going to do when you're you're on the show? And then I'm not sure exactly if Steven knew at that time that he was also going to be playing again. So just fun to imagine the things that they could have been talking about, which ultimately uh, played out in all sorts of unpredictable ways within the next couple of months for those two people in their respective survivor games all right let's go ahead and bring in our resident survivor time traveler who always has one eye on the calendar here he is the man who knows when everything happened and to who here he is back here the great jordan kalish how's it going rob jordan i missed you after our week off from this week in survivor history last week Happy yeah, to have you back here with me on the Survivor Exit interview. 
Hey, I'm, I'm happy to be back, but I know everyone was having such a great time in Los Angeles for the know-it-alls. Uh, seeing Penner on the video was awesome, and uh, I'm happy that you guys got to have a, a West Coast thing before we get to party again in April. Yeah, we'll see you at the live one on the East Coast. And then on someday when we do this week in RHAP history, uh, we'll remember the week of February 24th, 2016. Yes, very, very historic week in RHAP. All right. So before we get into talking about this week in Survivor history, of course, uh, tonight's Tribal Council, an episode, uh, was nuts. And of course, uh, that reminds us of nuts.com because they have the best tasting nuts on the planet. That's not even disputable, right? Not, not even close. When you think about the best tasting nuts on the planet, has to be nuts.com because it's the simple and convenient way to have nutritious, delicious, healthy nuts. So many tasty treats from around the world delivered straight to your door, Jordan. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. No, you always do because right now new customers can get four free samples. Choose from over 50 options. It's a $15 value. When you go to nuts.com, click on the mic and enter the code ROB because it's only the freshest product from the best suppliers in the world. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. All sorts of uh, great stuff like uh, apricots, figs, dates, strawberries, chocolate-covered nuts, all sorts of cooking and baking goods uh, that you want, like the almond flour. You can make great stuff, and there's options for all different diets, sugar-free, paleo-friendly, certified organic, certified gluten-free. So right now, new customers get four free samples, over 50 options. It's a $15 value. Go to nuts.com, enter the promo code ROB. That's nuts.com. Enter my code ROB. Get four free samples with your order at nuts.com for all the details. All right. All right. Let's get, let's get nuts now talking about this week in Survivor history. All right, so we are going to first go to a really, really funny episode in Survivor history. We're going to go all the way back to March 2nd, 2006, and we're going to go to the Casa de Charmin. Oh, uh, this is good. <laughs> this yes. is good. With Bruce and Bob Dog. Yes, Bruce, Bruce and Bob Dog, uh, they lose their spots in the shelter, apparently, and they decide that it would be a good idea to sleep in the outhouse that they had won on a previous reward. And not only did they do that, they drank all of the tribe's wine. Just like back up a step for people who are newcomers to Survivor or don't know exactly what we're talking about with Casa del Charmin. So could you just uh, sort of let's talk about what this was, where they won a reward. I believe this was the fish chopping reward. The fish chopping reward was actually from this episode. They had won the Casa del Charmin in the previous episode. They had won the outhouse in the previous challenge. And that's really what it was. It was outside of their shelter. They had a a, a very small wooden structure with a toilet and the tribe actually wanted to use it to store wood except for bob dog store firewood yeah and then because it was raining bob dog and bruce sat in there and then uh, just like passed a bottle of wine back and forth and then the tribe was really pissed when they woke up yeah i mean i i kind of would be too if i were on a tribe and we had won all this wine i mean not not that 
you know, getting, getting drunk on survivors necessarily the best idea, but it was, it was still wine that the, uh, the tribe had won as a team. And of course they weren't too happy when they found Bruce and Bob dog in the morning. It was actually Suri. Who's the first one to walk in and she, she opens the door and starts laughing. Um, but then uh, I think uh, Danielle and Courtney were really the two that were very angry about the wine. Well, the survivor gods, I think that they had their karma on not Sharma, uh, their karma (laughs) on Bruce where it's like, Oh, you like to be you like to hang out in the bathroom when you're not supposed to be in here okay yeah that's uh, that's true i mean he wasn't having the gastro your wish is granted yeah he wasn't he wasn't having the severe gastrointestinal distress yet but he would be uh, around the time of the final seven but the opposite way as stephen fisherback yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> okay so go on jordan yeah so so in this episode it kind of i i, I figured uh, if we were going to talk about survivor exile island we should probably talk about kasaya and not lamina the this kasaya alliance is able to take this uh to take their agreement to the end of the game because on this vote which really should have been an easy decision either you get rid of bruce or you get rid of bob doug they were fractured within themselves and you had have, um, you end up having Sari, Danielle, and Courtney uh, voting Bob Dog out of the game. He's the one who ends up going in this episode. But you have Aris, who's against this plan. He wants to get rid of Bruce because they had clashed earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. So very, very interesting stuff from Kasaya who, and you know, she, you have Shane who actually votes for Aris as a throwaway <laughs> vote because, <laughs> because Bob Dog had uh, swore on uh, Boston powers, uh, Shane's son that he he wouldn't never vote for him in the game. Yeah, no Shane powers when he makes these deals with people, then he doesn't want to go back on them. No, they were Kasaya was the functional dysfunctional tribe. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. One of my my favorite alliances in the history of the show. They, they somehow they made it work, but they were just so funny. And and you have Sari who becomes you, you know one of the best players to never win. I don't, I don't know definitively if she's the best. I may be watch talking it, to watch one of it, them. Watch, watch. <laughs> but really, really funny stuff. You have Danielle who comes back and uh, she has an interesting run on heroes versus villains. And then you have Courtney Merritt who likes to play with fire. Yeah. All right, Jordan, what about in our actual brains versus beauty versus brawn update? What do you have to tell us about what happened this week back in Kagiyan? Okay. So we're, we're going to, as you said, we're going to go to uh, Kagiyan. We actually got pretty lucky this week. I was planning on talking about this episode. This is from uh, 2014, two years ago. Um, this is the, uh, the, the third episode of the season, just like uh, this episode that we just watched yesterday. Uh, this was a tribe going to tribal council for the first time uh, in this episode episode it was the beauty tribe where of course uh last night's episode was the brains tribe and it's actually a two to two to two vote in this one it ends up being unfortunately bryce uh who has become an rhap fan favorite that goes home. yes but he was that night the talk of the town yes he was he was the talk of the town dot 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 mm, a lot of phrases signature lines come from this tribal council uh, but this is an this is actually even though it is a two 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 vote like tonight's it wasn't really where you had you know th- three two person alliances. LJ, Jeremiah, Alexis, and Jeffra end up working together uh, to create the two to two to two tie uh, in case Morgan or Bryce had an idol. Um, but there was some talk in this episode. 
episode about Jeremiah potentially voting for Bryson Morgan, who he had made a three person alliance with earlier. And this is, you know, good. We're not going to say this too often in Survivor, Survivor Kagiyan, but good gameplay by, uh, by Jeremiah, um, by, you know, following the David Bloomberg rule of, uh, of being, being flexible and making alliances with different people. So Jeremy, Jeremiah, sorry, who's, who's Jeremy? <laughs> Jeremiah could have actually, uh, stayed with Bryce and Morgan, even though three people in the tribe wouldn't have been a majority. But the fact that his other alliance was splitting the vote, if he so decided to uh, work with Bryce and Morgan, he could have voted out either. Um, he could have voted out Alexis in this episode, which which I don't know how much it would have changed in the game, but it would have been interesting and we would have gotten a few more episodes of Bryce. Too bad about that. But I think that nothing ultimately changes Tony's victory in this game. I don't think that moving the deck chairs around on the beauty tribe is going to change anything up for Tony. No, and I wouldn't want it to, but uh, Alexis ends up being pre-merge anyway. So no, it doesn't really change much. It would have been nice to see more Bryce. Maybe he's able to squeak through to the merge, but we unfortunately lose the purple pants, pants badass. And he had some great final words where he's, uh, he said he's mad at uh, Jeremiah and he doesn't think he really knows what's going on. Um, they voted out the cutest one and he doesn't remember anyone's name but morgan (laughs) okay well he did remember their names but uh you know he wasn't too off with uh some of his uh predictions no and uh he he is as i said before you know one of the the great voicemail guests on rhap and someone someone who we're we're lucky to have in our universe even though he didn't last too long and on his season of survivor all right jordan happy to have you back here on the podcast we'll talk to you again next week okay buddy yep you too i'll talk to you next week all right take care All right, everybody, there you have it. Jordan Kalish this week in Survivor History. So here's where we're going to go from here. We're going to work on getting the Johnny Fairplay recap podcast up for you guys. At the same time, we're also going to be waiting on your voicemails. And I'm actually recording those later on in the night tonight. So you have a lot of time, but don't dilly dally. Don't wait around. Go ahead. Send your voicemails in. Rob has a website.com slash voicemail or 323-282- R-H-A-P for myself and Amy on our voicemail podcast. And then on Friday, we got a very busy day as well because I'm going to be getting into Big Brother Canada 4 for the very first time. I'm going to be catching up on those Big Brother Canada episodes from Wednesday and watching the Thursday night episode of Big Brother Canada. And then I will be live on Friday with our good buddy Jordan Parhar, who already has done a Big Brother Canada 4 recap on reality TV rehab ups, which you can find on robertswebsite.com. But I'm going to be talking with him live on Friday. I'm also going to have an exit interview with the first player voted out of Big Brother Canada 4. That's all going to be on Friday. And then we'll get back into the amazing race uh, with Jessica Lee. And then over on post show recaps, House of Cards is kicking off and Zach Brooks and I are going to begin to recap the 13 new episodes of season four of House of Cards. That's all on post show recaps dot com for our house of cards coverage all right so lots for me to do hope you guys have a great thursday and we'll talk to you again soon looking forward to reading your comments on rob's website.com take care everybody bye